Welcome to the Audit 15 Fun Podcast. My goal of this podcast is to bring relevant control audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, I have the honor to have as my guest, Fabio Pimpão. He is the Internal Audit Director for Whirlpool in Latin America, and he is the Chairman of the Board of Directors of the IAA in Brazil. Welcome, Fabio, to the podcast. It's an honor to have you on. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be talking about unconscious bias. You're going to have a presentation on this very topic in Amsterdam at the International Conference in July. So unconscious bias, can you kind of tell us a little bit about it and a little bit about your experience with unconscious bias in the internal audit profession? Yeah, no, absolutely. So. Let me give you a little bit of background because usually when, when we are discussing like internal audit topics, usually we tend to discuss more, much more like hard skills or data analytics or methodologies and things like that. So that is why I was scratching my head. Okay. How can I share a little bit with our audience something that is not that technical, but actually because we're auditors, we suffer this on a daily basis. So that's why, well. Unconscious bias, it is a hot topic. It's something that we need to do on a daily basis. So that's why I decided to work a little bit more. And I want to expand a little bit what we mean by that and how we apply that on a daily basis, right? And then, of course, just a, like a quick summary, because if you guys want to see, like, you know, I'll be happy to share, like, more details in Amsterdam. But in a nutshell, Jonathan, when people... Uh, hear about bias, they always say, wow, that, that, that's a bad thing. So how are we going to make that happen? But in reality, if you have a brain, you have a bias, you know, and that's, a, that's kind of a shortcut that your brain is going to make that happen to go from, from point A to point B. Because on a daily basis, we process around 35,000 decisions, right? So if you stop to think, like 35,000, it's going to be impossible to manage. You have, if I'm going to left, right, and even some basic uh, uh, stuff that you do on a daily basis. So that's going to be like a bias. So we have that. But the key that we need to pay attention, it's how do we manage that? And that's how we have like two different things. We have conscious bias and unconscious bias. That's where we need to make sure that uh, we understand the difference and how we can make that happen. When you say like conscious bias, it's much more like direct as an example. I can say that uh, CPAs, they know much more about accounting. That's a conscious bias because it logically doesn't mean that uh, people that are not CPAs, they do not know about accounting, but just a fast path that might break well, CPAs, they know about accounting. That's a conscious bias that, okay, it's a, it's a fast, it's a shortcut that my brain did. But unconscious bias is something that uh, it is like an indirect and I cannot like sustain enough. It's for example, well, I don't see this guy in my team, but based on what you, you just have like a feeling, but you cannot explain. There's nothing that you can support that. So that would be like the basic things between like the unconscious and conscious bias. But we as internal auditors, of course, we have our own safeguards because we have like the standards that help us a little bit well. You're an internal auditor, you need to watch out because as you know, we have like the current standard that deals a little bit about objectivity and says exactly, okay, that we need to deal with bias. We need to work a little bit because that's our nature, because we cannot have like tendency or anything like that, that can jeopardize the overall conclusion. 
And that's one of the safeguards that we have. But moving now that with the proposal standards, I think now we expand a little bit, which, which I like it. I think it's very good to expand a little bit more like this piece. We explain a little bit more that yes, you have to manage your bias. It was not, it, it was not clear, I would say, with the current standard, but now when you look at the new standards, yes, we just need to pay attention about self-review bias, authority bias, and things like that. I'll give you like a few more examples, but now it's very clear that yes, when we're working as an auditor, you need to manage that because we have bias. We're not robots because we have brains. So you just need to manage that on a daily basis because we have emotions, we create connections and things like that. So we need to manage that. And now I have other two standards that I put as a safeguards as well. We speak about honesty, courage, because again, dealing in our profession, we need to have courage to deal with management, to bring bad news, to, I mean, when someone disagrees. So these are things that are going to be like a lot of pressure, but the courage of say help us just to move along. And the third safeguard that I want to share, that's again, it's something that it's part of our job, but now more and more, I think nowadays it's a standard. We say it about the professional skepticism, right? So that's, I mean, we do that on a daily basis, but now documenting a little bit more, explaining that, how we can manage that and how, we have, when we need to apply and, and things like that. So that is something that to me, I think I like that now the, 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 the proposal is framing, gives a little bit more guidance uh, to the auditors. And also that's in a nutshell about uh, the, bias and the safeguards, I would say, as a first step. You know? Yes, yes, very good. And I like that you mentioned the standards because I, I did review the standards this last weekend and I, I noticed unconscious bias was mentioned there and you had the example like self-review, right? If you're reviewing work that you did, like just being aware that you could be unconsciously biased towards yourself. What are some other maybe common uh, ways that unconscious bias could come into the practice of internal audit that you've seen from your experience? Yeah, that, that, that's a very good point. So right now, I mean, we have, we have easily more than 50 unconscious bias, I would say, but there are a few that are more common that we face on a daily basis here that I can highlight. Sometimes it is like that. The, it's, it's called like the authority bias, right? When you're dealing with a, a vice president or things like that, our brain things, for example, well, he's a vice president. He knows what he's speaking, you know, so he, sometimes you're going to believe, you know, because, well, if he, the guy, he say, well, actually my process X, Y, and Z, and it's perfect, things like that. And you're, especially when you're beginning of your career, that's like, wow, well, he knows what he's speaking. So automatically you're going to follow the authority bias because he knows like a lot what's, uh, what, you, what he's speaking, you know, so we need to watch out. It doesn't matter like the job title. We always need to apply the same approach, you know, but unconsciously, your brain is not for authority bias. He knows like he's a CEO, a CFO, a COO, things like that. You're going to be a little bit scared and tend to believe in what he's thinking and all. Another one that I think it's, it's a classic one. And I mean, I, I give like examples, but it's things that I believe in and I face that doesn't mean that I don't, don't feel that it's interesting, but it's one is it's called like anchoring bias, you know? So what does that mean? It means that. Based on your own experience, so let's suppose like you did like a few reports, you issued like a few reports and actually the cycle counts, you had like several issues, was not posted timely, uh, no roof cause analysis. So every time you go to a different location, you're like, ah, 
I know, I already know the results. We're going to have like a psychocognitive <laughs> issues and things like that. Because you put like an anchor in our hand, an anchor there, and you cannot move on because you keep relying on previous findings. And also that's one of the things that you just, of course, it's good to have your, your experience because of course you have a, more things to add, but every audit's going to be like a different story with a different risk assessment, with different planning approach. So, but we need to watch out because you tend to, or sometimes you have issues with a specific department. Well, sales department always have issues with uh, commissions and things like that. So I'll commit to your arena. It's always going to have like the same. So we need to watch out because this anchoring bias is something that we, we face on, on a, on a daily basis, I would say. Um, the other one, I think it is important to, uh, to highlight it is availability bias. So you work a little bit with the information that you have, you know, and actually, so give you like an example, uh, would be the pandemic as an example, right? When the pandemic started, so the media was very, of course, including like a lot of information. It doesn't mean that we, we, we had to ignore, of course, all of us, oh yeah, about the pandemic, what we have to do, facilities and things like that. But because of depression and the availability of information, you put that as it's very hard and that's a priority and was a number one. But don't forget all the risks that you have, right? So what you put uh, as an availability, that, that was your own information and we, you, you stay stuck with that. But you need to be, again, open-minded because it's not because like there's a, a, an event that's happening right now that you need to forget everything that's uh, being surrounding you. So that would be like another one that I think would be and another one, actually, that I want to mention that uh, we're living right now it, that I honestly, I didn't find like anywhere, but I created, I call it, is the chat GPT bias because we're using like chat GPT and I use it on a daily basis, but we yeah. need to watch out because uh, chat GPT, they have its own bias. So you cannot truly believe everything that chat GPT is putting for you. So you need to assess, you need to challenge if that makes sense. Based on your current environment, how we, how we can manage that. So these are like a few examples, but I'm facing right now the chat GPT bias that I need yes. to watch out and start putting my brain to work again and not like uh, uh, relying 100% on chat GPT. So I, this yeah. will be like... You know, I, I yeah, absolutely. Everything. Great, great examples, Fabio. I love all of them. And I, I mean, I've experienced all of them. Exactly. Authority bias, authority bias, yeah. you know. Usually, you know, I try to reinforce with my staff is just because someone is a process owner doesn't mean that that person is an expert. Most of the time, they're going to be an expert on the topic, but not always, right? So always, always try to challenge, right? Anchoring bias. I, I love that because I actually had, had a former uh, co-worker who even before they got on the plane, they're like, I know the result's going to be bad because it's always bad in that, uh, you know, business area. So. I think that's a great example. Availability bias. I think that's really prevalent too, not only like uh, when you work in projects, but as you're working through risk assessment, right? Right. If you're working on the risk assessment, maybe some areas are getting a lot of attention and maybe there's an area that, you know, has more risk that's not getting as mm -hmm. much attention just because of availability. And Chad GPT, that's a, I love that you added that one. And recently I, I read an article but a, but a lawyer, he used ChatGPT to uh, create his petition. It was completely fake information, didn't verify. Just right. And he thought that ChatGPT only had accurate information. So really, really like all of your examples there, Fabio. I do have one last question for you here. And 
Okay, we're aware of some of the biases, and I'm sure there's a lot more that we didn't cover right. here. But what are some ways, some creative ways that internal auditors can can challenge those unconscious bias? Hmm. That, that's a good question, John. I think the one that I, I can share with you, and I did like recently, and I started doing that with my team, which is very, it's kind of a role play, you know? So you can do like once a month, you bring like one specific bias and say, guys, let's discuss, let's put like a situation. Again, authority bias, and then you challenge yourself. So let's suppose you're doing like a walkthrough or you're interviewing like the VP of this process. And he starts saying that, yeah, no, there's no problem. And he's very, uh, his personality, a little bit kind of aggressive. So what do you do? So like role-playing generates scenarios related to internal audit. I think it was fun. I think, and, and, and I did that like last month and, and the team liked it. So I want to do like every month, like one of my, my staff will bring like one example and then we'll debate it. What do you do in this type of situation? So I think it was like very interesting. And again, was very receptive. The team liked it, like uh, the approach that we did, you know? Awesome. Awesome. Great, great idea. You not only need to know ab about it, but you need to exercise. It's like you're okay. exercising your unconscious bias muscle. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so really appreciate you being on the podcast, Fabio. Thank you so much. No, it was a pleasure, John. Thank you. Thank you.